Welcome into the NBA Morning Deuce for Tuesday, December 8th. You know what that means. Three days away from NBA preseason basketball. We had a free agent signing today. Did you know that? I feel like I saw it and now I'm forgetting it. Who was it? Monty Morris re-signed with the Nuggets for a three-year 27 million dollar deal cool solid role player very good very good backup point guard like for them too that's a that's a good contract for a back for a good backup point guard who i feel like over the last few years i've seen him start for them a couple times Mm -hmm. he's he's good really solid minutes in the playoffs i remember big time fan duel guy Mm -hmm. when they go through their injury spells and he gets when he if he for when FanDuel Friday comes back, if Monty Morris, if there's ever a situation where Monty Morris is starting, start that dude. Because he's him in there. Yeah. Oh, because he's always going to be low salary. But he puts up, he'll get you like 11 points, six assists, five rebounds, a steal. You know, he'll get you value for his money. Mm-hmm. He'll get you 5X. He'll get you 5X. He'll get you 5X. Definitely 4X. Yeah. Uh, but look, we're not look look. This is we're not here to talk about Monty Morris as much as hey, we love Denver Nuggets role players on this show. We love, love the Denver him. Nuggets in general, I think. But we're not here to talk about Monty Morris. We're here to talk about since games haven't started yet. We're still here to talk about. Really, this is just a drama filled show today, because NBA offseason drama even three days before this season starts. NBA offseason is really what makes the league what it is. And boy, oh boy, the drama will never, it seemingly won't end until James Harden is traded from the Rockets. Because, so I sent you this picture earlier today. Uh, I tweet, I sent you this, uh, a screenshot of this tweet. Um, and why is this not showing up here? Oh, here we go of someone posted this on Twitter. Now, I'm assuming, because Twitter is so reliable, that these pictures are from last night. And this is a picture, someone, I get it looks like an Instagram story of James Harden at Dre's nightclub. That's weird. D-R-A-I. It's not Dr. Dre's nightclub. Right. Yeah. Um, which is because, as we know, Rockets training camp has already started. And we discussed yesterday on the show that Harden did not show up for the first day of five on five because he was out. The understanding that my understanding, at least, was he was out. You know, I think he was, I believe it was a little baby's birthday party. And so he has to quarantine a little extra so he couldn't go and he wouldn't be able to make it through the protocol. So he, but he was supposed to show up yesterday being, or he was supposed to show up Sunday. Yesterday, when we're recording this, two days ago when you're listening to this, for individual workouts, even though he couldn't work out with the team, didn't show up. Now it's Monday. Monday morning, we get this picture of James Harden out at a club, supposedly, 
Sunday night when he was supposed to be coming to Houston Monday to do five-on-five work with the team because five-on-five work started or full practices started on Sunday. So to no one's surprise, not long after that, we found out James Harden did not show up Monday for practice. Um, and it's just, it's a mess. So I have a few, they, after practice, they interviewed my guy, the new head coach, Steven Silas, uh, about Harden, about the situation. Um, and the first question, so I have some clips from his media availability from, from them talking about Harden. I'm going to play. The first one is, is basically him addressing like the time, whether there's a timetable and whether he expects to see him and all that. So here's, here's the first clip. Uh, yeah, as far as timetable, uh, there is no timetable as far as I know. Um, and it is a setback. You know, you want your best player to be here. And um, there is a short window, as you've alluded to. As I said yesterday, we're working as if this is the 6th to the 23rd. So there is some time, but, you know, it is a setback. I mean, I, yeah, I have to be honest and, and, and understand that this is a setback, not having one of the best players in the NBA here. But I'm working with the guys who are here, and we're working hard, and we're doing a good job. He's trying. It's about as good as you can answer that. Right. It's about as good as you can answer that. Yeah, I mean, ever no one is going to blame this dude if the Rockets crumble, like in the first year. Like, I think this is such a horrible look for James Harden. I really do. And you've made the point a lot of times. Like these NBA players, they they don't they don't need to be loyal. It's almost some guys are loyal to a fault, and we think that's not that smart. But like, this dude's under contract, man. Like they, the the Houston organization has paid like generations and generations of his family are set for life because of this contract he signed. Like he should honor the contract that he's under. Sure. My, my point about loyalty is more when you're a free agent, you, right. there's no loyalty yeah. to a team. You do what's best for you and your family. Uh, and I, and, and I will also say James Harden doesn't have any real loyalty to the Rockets. They paid him because he's one of the best players in the NBA. Like, yeah, say, he should have loyalty to the Rockets because they paid him, but any team would have paid him the same amount of money because he's James Harden. It's more the legal thing and just the just the professional thing. Like you, yeah. you have a you have a contract, and yes, you want to be traded, uh, but we'll get into that in a second because there there is something there is more interest that came out. But I wanted to play. So it's funny because you said like he couldn't do much better. Uh, mm -hmm. There's not much. It didn't take long for him to just not be able to answer stuff. So this <laughs> next one, I actually included the questions because his answers are so short. Steven, is James currently in Houston? I don't know. At, at some point, do you almost, I mean, you guys have a game in, in 16 days. At some point, do you almost have to operate like he's not going to be there for the 23rd? Um, I don't know the answer to that question. I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of taking it day by day and you know, we operate how we operate. So, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, wait, wait. Yeah. 
he's he's not his babysitter. How the hell how's he supposed to know where he is and stuff? I, I don't know. I still think he did a great job. No no ounce of anger or anything in there. He's just focused on on who's there and uh Well, let me tell sucked. you, I, I, I could tell you I've only seen Steven Silas. I was with him for five years. And I saw I he doesn't get angry. He's and interestingly, his dad, who is like one of the Paul Silas who was with the Celtics, who's known as an enforcer. Also, he, he, he'll, now he'll get angry and he'll get on you, but he's one, they're just genuinely two of the nicest people. And Steven in particularly is just like the, one of the nicest people. So he's also, it's his first head coaching job and all that. So he's not going to say the wrong thing. I don't have the clip, but he also did allude later on in the press conference to the fact that James was one of the guys during his interviews that vouched for him to help him get the job. So that's a little bit of a weird situation. When they asked him about John Wall saying that Harden wanted to be in Houston, he said he believed Wall if he said it, that Harden was the one who vouched, whatever. But I have seen I've seen Steven get pretty I I've uh, some maybe at some point I'll get into that later, but I have some interest uh, some funny not getting mad at me or anybody like just one time, I've only seen him get like furiously angry one time, um, which coaches get mad. But even like from a yeah. coaching standpoint, I've I, I, like I've only ever seen him in five years. I saw him get mad one time and it was it was something. Um, and then so the last clip I have is I think it was David Aldridge. Or was it David Aldridge? There's somebody. No, Aldridge is a D.C. reporter. I forgot who it was. It was asked him what what's the messaging has there been any messaging from Harden one way or the other in terms of is this just he's not through the protocol yet or is this a message saying he wants to be traded and this and that and this is the one where I'm like I don't think James Harden will be on the Rockets this year I have no clarity about the message honestly um, I take it basically at face value that he's not here and um what the reasoning is, is on him. You know, he's the one who can explain why or why not he's not here. So, um, you know, uh, for me to make inferences and, and think about the possibilities isn't real to me. What's real is he's not here and um, he has a reason, but that's on him to tell whoever what his reason is. Dude, did we? I feel like we talked about this very briefly, and I don't know if there's any accuracy to it, but did, I saw the report that this is stemming from James Harden being upset with the Rockets owner for supporting Trump. So, I mean, that just falls in line with the coach, who the owner is his boss, just not even wanting to go anywhere near the subject. Um, but again, it could just have everything to do with James Harden wants a ring. He knows he's not getting it in Houston, and he's kind of being a little dick about it. Yeah. Oh, actually, let me pull up. So... Let me try to find it while I'm t- I don't think that's it. I, I just don't. Um, I mean, I'm sure like guys wouldn't be happy if their owner supported Trump, but like, I, I just, I think Harden wants out. I think he's, uh, he's on the wrong side. He's getting to be on the wrong side of 30 and he knows that his, at least it seems like the Rockets are in a in like kind of a flux situation, and they did they didn't get better necessarily. We don't know. 
but it seems like they're headed towards a potential rebuild and he wants to be somewhere to win a championship. And we, we are in the player empowerment era of sports where players sort of decide their fate. Um, but he's trying to take it to a new level by basically, I mean, at most of the time players who demand trades get, are, are, you know, they're moved, but not a guy who's this valuable, who has years left on his deal. So it's just a, a weird thing. His mom, by the way, who is also his agent. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, wow. No, he fired his agent a a while back a few years ago. And I think his mom just, she posted this after somebody, uh, basically said they're not a fan of him anymore from all this stuff. Um, she said, uh, not sure who you are, but I've raised my son to be the caring and giving young businessman that he has become. He has his own mind and can make his own decisions. Proud of him for that. Now, as far as his job, you clearly don't understand what's really going on. That's okay. You know, if a lot of pe- you know, if people had their own life and not try to make decisions for others, we would really be better. Blah, blah, blah. His decisions in life, because this is his life and legacy has nothing to do with you. He's doing the best for it. Please pay attention and understand. He has worked hard every time he suited up for the job giving 210%. That's a, it's a lot of percent. I haven't heard that one. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of percent. He asked, yeah. he, he asked for a chance to get a ring. That's it. Anyone in their right mind in this busy, I guess that means business, would want that. So if he lost you as a fan, you weren't the right fan from the start. Blessing to you, son. Good sign off there. Notice she didn't address the part where he was in a club during a global pandemic when you're supposed to be multiple times. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to be, you know, looking out for the people around you. I mean, uh, right. I mean, I didn't see what that. the original message was, but yeah, she also doesn't address the fact that this person is probably saying that they're not a fan of him for acting unprofessionally and not showing up to training camp. And look, he is, he's at the end of the day, the player empowerment thing goes both ways. So it can help you and it can really hurt you. And up until this moment, I don't think anybody really, other than maybe saying he's like a selfish player at times on the floor and his way of playing maybe can't win you a title. I don't think there was ever a time where people were like off the court or in the media or any of that stuff. James Harden's not a, I think he's always had a pretty good reputation. I think, you know, he keeps to himself. He's quite, if anything, he's pretty entertaining. His interviews can be entertaining and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of thing that just tanks your perception and how you're remembered. Unless yeah. unless he gets traded and wins a title, which right, yeah, ultimately could very happen. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm so like the player empowerment thing is good. You know, guys like these guys are they're businessmen at the end of the day. But like you do know, like you do know you're signing a five year contract like, you know. That there's empowerment at that point in time. You don't have to sign a five-year deal. So when you do, then like I don't really feel bad that you're in this situation, but I also understand that you can try to get your way out of it. Uh, I just I don't have any sympathy, but I also don't have any like ill will towards it. It's just I don't think it's a good look, but he, he can do what he thinks he needs to do. Yeah, Zach, Zach Lowe said on his podcast that he's spoken to three or four different people from other teams, not the Rockets around the league, that believe that the league may have to step in on this situation because that it's just not, it's not a, it's not a good precedent. 
that he's setting and it's just not good for it's just not a good look for the league in general because right. i think part of that is i didn't listen to the show i just read the quotes so but i would imagine part of that is also that one of the faces of the league is at a club during a global pandemic when he's supposed to be doing his job and reporting to camp yeah uh report to camp and don't play report to camp and say your hamstring is sore right i mean that that you know that Whatever it is, just report and don't play. Um, what, what are they going to tell you? you no, know you're not hurt. And that's one of the things about being a professional athlete. If you walk in and say, I'm hurt. I mean, yeah, the trainer might say, no, you're cleared to play. And then they might fine you. But what's a fine going to do to a guy who makes $50 million? You know, if he doesn't want to play, doesn't, you mean, eventually he's going to get fined anyways if he doesn't show up. Right. So just show up, you know, whatever. But the other thing that I saw was that Potentially that, you know, remember that report came out like about maybe a a week, maybe two weeks ago now, a week and a half. It all kind of runs together that the Rockets were willing to make things uncomfortable and keep him into the season. And that Mm -hmm. maybe that he took that as a challenge. You want to get uncomfortable? Let's get uncomfortable. Yeah, and that's fine. But just if he could just not (laughs) put like in the NBA at risk for COVID. That'd be great. Well, he's not there. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, you're right. He's going to have to quarantine. Right. He's not putting everyone at risk. He's putting himself at risk. Yeah, he is certainly getting uncomfortable. Yeah, he's trying to force their hand. He's trying to force their hand. Mm -hmm. Um, You know who's not uncomfortable? I'll tell you who's not uncomfortable. These guys right here are not uncomfortable. John Wall, That's DeMarcus awesome. Cousins, Daniel House, and some random dude in the background who I... May- that might be Christian Wood. No, I don't know. it's not. Christian Wood wouldn't be wearing a green penny during practice. <laughs> That's true. That's a practice. Dude, That's either a training DeMarcus camp guy Cousins. or a practice squad guy. I absolutely love DeMarcus Cousins. I'm I'm rooting for him so hard this year. Um, uh, I've never had a... Pre- you, you, you're de- real down on John Wall, but I like him. I think he's a cool guy. Um. Is down that a gang him, what do you mean I'm down tell. on him? I'm down. You mean, I, yeah, I'm down on the fact that he hasn't played in two years. Okay. All right. Um, uh, no, but, but look, there was the report that came out that Eric Gordon has been unhappy with his role the last couple of years. Eric Gordon's still a really good player. This is a, it, it's a, it's a, it's one of these teams that could be fun because you, ha, you take all these players that people like. Like I think people do like John Wall. I think people do root for Boogie. I think people like Eric watching Eric Gordon play. He's a fun player. I think people are going to like watching Christian Wood play. They like um, PJ Tucker. They like sure. PJ Tucker. I think they like Daniel House too. I think he's become this weird thing where people kind of like that he violated the bubble, even though he has a family. It's just a weird situation. But um, if Harden doesn't play, you take this weird mix of guys. And you bring in one of the most positive people on the planet in Steven Silas, who also was one of the coaches in the best offense in NBA history last year. They're talented than half the teams in the NBA with just with these guys that they have without James Harden. They'll be fun. They won't win a title. They might not be a playoff team in the West, but they could definitely fight for that last seven or eight seed if everyone's healthy and right. So... I mean, in some ways, if I'm Steven Silas at this point, I'm like, I don't want Harden anymore. It, which is weird um, to say. I, actually, I, I guess I can't say that because I think 
if you're a coach and you have a guy like James Harden, you're like, okay, we have a chance to do things. Right. But this team without Harden is a year to coach. I think. I would, I would definitely be rooting for a trade, you know, and get some more talent right. in there. Like at that point, if you're Steven Silas, whatever the return for James Harden is, there's going to be some immediate talent in return. Right. And now you're looking at a really, really fun team. They're already fun, but like imagine if they added Karis Levert and Jarrett Allen, and you think we've talked about Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, it would have to be all um, of them. I mean, just to make the money work. Yeah. I mean, now you're talking about a team that is absolutely like just ridiculously deep. So I bet maybe he is rooting for that. Um, I don't but, know if he's rooting. I, I, I can't imagine. I've never heard of a coach not wanting the best player available. But um, just in terms of first year, anytime you have a player like a James Harden, there's a lot more pressure as a coach. If they trade mm-hmm. James Harden, then this year is just, I mean, yep. it's the least pressure you've ever had as a head coach. And your team's not that bad. Of talent, right. plus you just traded away two of the best players in the NBA, so now there's no pressure. It's like, okay, well, if he could do something with this team, he's a great first-year head coach. If he can't, well, then they traded away James Harden and Russell Westbrook. And you're also, in that scenario, you've got a bunch of guys that have a lot to prove. You know you know, guys like John Wall, Boogie, Right. Even PJ Tucker, like they have a lot to prove. They're going to play their asses off it's if they weird. like this guy. It's weird. I don't know where. I mean, the Tucker Tucker's an interesting thing with this team too because he's not a three. They paid Christian Wood. Boogie's on a non guaranteed deal, so let's see. You know, if he's healthy, I'm sure he's there. But like, how does he? Fit, how do they all fit together in the front court? That'll be interesting to see. Right. Um, so yesterday. But we'll see. I mean, I don't. I don't think Harden. It, God, I can't imagine him being on the Rockets this year. But we'll see. Uh, so we talked yesterday about the Kyrie thing, and that message that he sent out, saying, and, and then the report that he was going to do a media blackout. I, this must have happened while we were recording late last night because this came out. His his spokesperson or his rep or whatever I put spokesperson here says released a statement basically saying he intends to do traditional media and is intent on building a mutually respectful relationship with the media. Okay. I'm telling you, I'm getting tired of this already. I just hate Kyrie, dude. It's just... I guess my thing is, is like, how long has Kyrie been in the league? You you haven't built that relationship? If you haven't built a mutually respectful relationship with the media yet, then that's probably on you, bud. Almost definitely, especially if, yeah, you, you get to the Nets and everybody, you know, like he's gotten all these fresh starts too. It's not like he's been stuck in one place and there's all these beat writers that are sick of him for year for years, you know. He's oh, got this. Well, and I was also going to say like Kyrie Irving. And as much as I don't like Kyrie Irving, the basketball player, and I think he's only accomplished anything he's accomplished at this point in his career because he played with LeBron James. He's still Kyrie Irving. He's still a multiple-time All-Star NBA championship, hit one of the biggest shots in NBA history, NBA Finals history. At this point in your career, you couldn't have found one reporter that you like and just funneled all your information through that guy. It happens all the time. Like That's how Brian Windhorst literally made his career by being the guy who reported stuff about LeBron James when he was in high, like from high school on. You know, mm-hmm. Kyrie, you're telling me there's not one member of the media... Or there's not one person that you like that you could make into a media member. Like, this is the person I'm going to give my information to. This is the person I'm going to talk to. Like, come on, man. 
It's See, possible. That's how big of a no, uh, no. It's it's it is absolutely possible. It happens. But players do it. There are ton, there are there's always stars who are like I'm no. gonna talk. Like for example, I'll give you an example in football, and I bring up Pat McAfee all the time, right? Aaron Rodgers goes on Pat McAfee's show every Tuesday and does like a 45 minute interview. Now he still addresses the media, but he's very open when he goes on that show. Like if you want to hear honest Aaron Rodgers, listen to him on that show because he talks for 45 minutes and answers everything because he knows they're not going to spin it and he trusts them. Right. And then the media takes all his quotes out of context from that show and they say, well, this is what Aaron Rodgers said. Uh, That's fine. But at least he said it his way. Kyrie, you're not Aaron Rodgers, but dude, it's so easy. The million podcasts. There's you could go on JJ JJ Reddick could be your guy. They go be on JJ Reddick's podcast once a month and just let it all out. It's not hard to I build think, a mutually respectful relationship with the media. I think that might actually be where he originally said the he thought the world was flat. That Probably. might have been JJ's I mean, podcast. It's a Duke, so Duke, maybe, they're both from Duke and all that. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. Maybe that bridge got burnt. I don't know. Well, but yeah, I'm no, sure what JJ I was saying is possible. It. it's possible he might literally not be able to find that person that he trusts because he's, he's he so don't uh, trust anybody. Exactly. Ugh. Well, what I mean, good for him. Or maybe he saw all the heat, the backlash and probably or maybe somebody in the organization was like, listen, man, if you don't talk to the media, we're going to have to find you. Mm-hmm. Like every not time. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, and maybe he was just like, all right, fine. I'm going to lose how much money? Okay. Yeah. Uh, So we'll see where that ends up. Doc Rivers. I actually love this. Doc Rivers. So we talked uh, also yesterday, I believe it was, or maybe was it last week even? No, yeah, man. It might have been last last week. Paul George was on the All the Smoke podcast. Basically called, you know, said that Doc Rivers used him wrong. And that they didn't make any adjustments in the Clippers series and this and that. Uh, he actually, Paul George was asked about it ha- since then and tried to clarify. It basically was like, it was like a half-hearted, like, I respect Doc. He's a good game manager, but I don't take back certain things, you know, like whatever. Yeah. So Doc was asked yesterday about those comments. And he, he was half joking in this, but the cut, but the quote is good. So he said, Hey, listen, I enjoyed coaching him. So not a lot to say there. Ty Lewis sitting right next to me. So he better hope it's not adjustments. It ain't going to, it ain't going to be much different. And listen, we lost the game and I think everybody needs to take ownership. Me, obviously we can always do better. Players can play better. So as far as I'm concerned, I'll leave it there. Uh, obviously I think he's joking but he did take quite a shot at his boy, Ty Lue. Right. Yeah. There. Or, I mean, maybe he's just, uh, it's the true, it's kind of the truth, right? I mean, they're not going to play that much differently. I mean, maybe, maybe he installs a whole new game plan. I don't know. Um, I see it more of a shot at Paul George. Like what, like, what are you even doing? Yeah. What is this? Like you were, you were on the court and you like got embarrassed. Right. So wh- why are you trying to pin it on me? I, you know, it's funny. I, uh, I was thinking about you when I was reading this earlier because I was just like, yeah. Sixers fans are probably like, yeah, fuck yeah, Doc. Stick up for yourself. Yeah, they definitely are. Yeah. I really am trying so hard to just go full clean slate on Doc Rivers. It's going to be tough. It's tough for anybody to do that when they have like these preformed biases about a guy, but trying to just 
clean slate, Doc Rivers, root for the guy. Um, so I'm neutral. But this is good. I like this. It's a good response. I mean, he's a good dude. Everybody loves him. Good players coach. Yeah. And you're going to win a lot of games. Going to win a lot of games. There's been a lot of stuff coming out about Ben Simmons too, right? From camp. Yeah, he piled on the whole Brett Brown thing, which is I didn't like oh, it no, at not, all. Not negative stuff. Oh, Doc what, had just... some really positive things to say about him from oh. the first couple of days of camp, and I think Ben Simmons also said that he's like going back to his facility, like he's going back to the traditional like facilitator role that he started in or whatever. I don't know if that's okay. a good thing. I don't know if Philly fans are. Yeah, I mean, I'm just. Everything with Ben Simmons for me, I'll believe it when I see it. So I'm not getting excited about that shit. Um, he's released too many videos of him hitting jump shots in like random ass gyms for me to get excited about anything that dude does. That's not on the NBA court. Didn't Doc say he doesn't have to shoot? Yeah, because he doesn't want to piss off Ben Simmons, which is now a cycle of not holding people accountable. Ben Simmons absolutely has to shoot. <laughs> That's asinine to think. That he literally that he doesn't have to shoot more. Fuck! I didn't didn't I just say I was going to do clean slate here? Yeah. Ben Simmons I'm, has to shoot a little bit. He has to shoot a little bit. <laughs> he can't not shoot. We all heard Max Kellerman, dude. Come on. <laughs> I'm just trying to see how long I could go and see how long, how many times <laughs> we could turn into a full fledged Sixers episode if we wanted to right now, but that would not be good for the listener. I don't, well, I guess unless they're from Philly. I guess. Well, no, but they might not disagree with me. I'll t- anybody who is listening right now, Joey is is purposely not talking very much right now to see if I will torpedo this whole episode and just go apeshit on the Sixers. Oh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to stop talking about the Sixers right now. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm just trying to – I'm trying to listen. Like, I listen to a lot of podcasts, right? And obviously, I host this podcast, and, I, and I'm trying to do better at – you know, I listen. I watch like Joe Rogan. Uh, like I, I watch Ariel Hawani interview people a lot, and I'm trying to learn. You know, like the the art of doing of being a host is not talking; it's listening. Well, yeah. if you have new guests on every time, but yeah, I think but if I but if platform. I think but but for you, like we're talking Sixers, I'm just listening. I want to. Okay. You know, I'm trying to you know listen to what you have. You're the Sixers guy, so if we're talking Sixers. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna listen. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to bring the most out of you by listening. Okay, that's fair. But what you should be listening or hearing is my neuroses about this team that has hurt me so many times in the past. I'm saying things. I'm backtracking. I'm saying I'm clean slate. I'm not clean slate. This team's a fucking mess, and we got to see what happens this year. Can you please say something. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. All right. Let's move on. Um, last couple things for today. So the league sent a memo to teams basically saying that they will find them, am I right on this, up, up to $100,000. That's what I saw. For resting high-profile players during nationally televised games. But then I saw another thing later in the day where they, for non-nationally televised games, they're going to be more relaxed on the rules about resting and allow teams to rest guys more. Okay. I mean, this is absolutely going to do nothing because you can just say this guy has a sore back, but it's a step in the right direction, right? I mean, it's not enforceable, right? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. They're just going to say he's hurt and rest him. Right. I guess, well, I guess, if it, I guess I maybe know. if it becomes a trend. 
yeah, then it can be like maybe you get like a strongly worded letter from the league. I, I don't know, but or a, th- if a fine. Leonard says his, if Kawhi Leonard says his quad hurts, what are you supposed to do? I, I don't know. Oh my quad! Oh. <laughs> That's my. I, I live in San Diego. The, the flight. I'm, oh my quad! That's my Kawhi Leonard impression. That probably has too much personality in it. Oh my quad! That's, that's closer. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like every year there's a different uh, tweak or change to how they're going to control teams from doing load management, and teams are always. Yeah, I think you're right. They're always still just going to f- end up benching or resting their players no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, seriously, it's just you won't see this year the uh, load management. So, you know, it was like literally like a designation, I think, on, on websites and stuff like DNP load management. You just you'll see DNP back tightness or something. Sort of butthole. That would be really funny if that's somehow caught on and like that's what you saw that and you're like, oh, oh, load management. Okay. DNP, tight butthole. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so tight. The guy can't even, he can't even stand up. He has to sit down on the bench. He cannot stand up. Tight booty hole. Yep. Uh, Last, here's the last thing for today. And I didn't put it in the rundown, but I was just reading about it before the show. For the first time, LeBron has actually mentioned the idea of potentially playing with his son and like he he basically said he's happy about the new the way his new contract shakes out with the years because as we've noted on the show when this contract is over lebron's son will be graduating high school and then there's the potential that the, the league by then will have changed the draft rules and he can maybe come out of high school or he can play college for a year, be a one and done, whatever. And then they could play with each other. But this is the first time that at least that I've seen where LeBron sort of admits that this is the plan. Have you seen this? I haven't seen him. I could have sworn to you a couple years ago. He had mentioned like one of my final ultimate goals is to play on the same court as my son. Um, Maybe that was maybe I'm like misconstruing that with just like a report saying that's what LeBron wants to do. Um, but I feel like I, I don't know. I'll, I'll look at it. We could probably look it up right now. Are but. you sure that wasn't me? No, no. I, I remember reading something. I feel like it was a quote. Are you sure you weren't reading my lips? I'm positive <laughs> I wasn't reading your lips. I, um, I think that's been out there that that's been like, but at the time he had said it, it was so far off. It was kind of like, uh, yeah, that'd be cool, you know? And now it's all upon us and his son is actually incredible. Um, so, I mean, it's really cool. Two years away for him to be talking about it when it, it's only two years away now. It's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait till we get to the scenario like you probably were, were, that you brought up, which is even if Bronny's not good, what team will like, take him higher than he should go just at the chance to get LeBron to come to their team. Yeah. I mean, it's so, especially if, cause we don't foresee that big of a drop off. I mean, there's no way in two in three years he's playing this well. I don't think, but like, even if there is some sort of decline, he's still going to be a guy that can be on a championship team. I'm sure of that. So I don't think, well, but like we talked about, any team, it doesn't have to be a championship team at that point. Right. It's just a team that wants to sell tickets. Yeah. Right. And exactly. It's going to be exciting like, as hell. You know, yeah. what, you know what would be the best case scenario for the NBA? The Knicks 
end up with Bronny and LeBron goes to the Knicks and plays with that his son be. in New York. Yeah. Man, that would be that'd be special. Uh, if the Knicks haven't already built back up by then, which I can't even I can barely even say that with a straight face. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I would love for Leon Rose and those guys to do a good job, um it's hard for me to with a straight face think that a team owned by a clown like James Dolan has a chance to be respectable in the next 100 years. While oh, wow. I don't know. Because he's going to cryogenically freeze himself. He'll be the first frozen owner in the year 2103. He'll sure. still be the owner just frozen. Yeah. yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know where you're going either. It probably means it's time to end the show. Yep. Uh, as always, subscribe to the channel. Leave us a comment. Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, review. And... Uh, We'll check you guys tomorrow morning. Later.